Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I'm Michael J. Sutton and this is episode 76 in our series, Freedom from Fear. Today, what book does Satan read? I love Japan. Japan has a deep and special place in my heart. I lived there for many years. Unfortunately, I had the misfortune of meeting many Western Christian missionaries in Japan. The missionary visa is one of the easiest visas to get in that nation. And while there are many genuine people who call others to follow Jesus, many of these Western missionaries are not among them. They are judgmental, critical, racist, and often, surprisingly, cannot speak the language. This amazed me. Western missionaries tend to have the view that everything Western is Christian and everything outside the West is of the devil. They do not understand that Western philosophy and church traditions were intimately informed and shaped by the thinking and writings of Socrates, Plato and Aristotle, none of whom were Christians. These men shaped the church in the West in the way Confucius shaped the East. One day I took one of these Western missionaries to a local temple. She was from Australia. It had been rebuilt and was quite beautiful. I innocently thought that she might also find beauty in that temple and maybe someone to talk to, not talk down to. But I was mistaken. She mumbled words like disgusting, godless, pagan, with every step through the beautiful moss-covered garden. And it culminated with her announcement that Satan has everyone here around his little finger. She was, of course, offended by what she saw as idol worship. I reminded her of her own nation of Australia and their idols, such as sport, food and the beach. I asked whether Satan had them around his little finger as well, or whether he was too busy with the Buddhists. I never felt the presence of evil in any temple or shrine in Japan, only serenity and peace, a devotion to their understanding of divine things, their love of creation and creativity. And there are many bridges where Christians and others can meet talk and enjoy friendship. If a bridge already exists, why torch it? If a garden is already there, why not walk it? If the creative presence of God is already there, why not celebrate it? Diabolos would agree, he's only interested in the church. He lives in the church. He has permanent residence in the church's kingdoms on earth. They pay him rent. He is their landlord, and while I do not know whether he's memorized the sutras of Buddha, I do know that he knows the Bible by heart. It is the only text he quotes in his contests with Jesus Christ. Three times he quotes the Hebrew Bible to Jesus, for Jesus to turn away from his humanity and embrace his divinity. The book Satan reads is the Bible. The first temptation 
in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 to 4, concerns the hunger of Christ. Jesus was famished. Diabolos quotes Deuteronomy 8.3, which refers to the time of the wilderness wanderings and God's provision of manna. The second temptation, verses 5 to 7, concerns the power of the Son, that he could overcome human suffering in general. Diabolus quotes the Bible this time from Psalm 91, verses 11 to 13. Jesus responds by quoting Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. Diabolus then reveals his trump card, his goal in his third temptation. He will give Jesus what the church so desperately seeks, true political power to achieve their goals on earth. Satan has this authority to give. Luke chapter 4, verse 6. Diabolus wants Jesus to worship him, and he promises to hand over the keys to the kingdoms of the world, the brute force of states, the cold clinical rationalization of nations, and the hierarchies of leadership. This would appeal to most people, and they would jump at the opportunity. Just look at how the church has behaved for 2,000 years. They want it all, all the power and the position and the privileges. The response of Jesus is a third quotation from the Bible from Deuteronomy 6 verse 13. Three times Jesus says, it is written. Three times Jesus returns to the scriptures and three times that is all that needed to be said. The Gospels record that this encounter ends with Satan withdrawing, but he doesn't leave. He simply waits for another crack at the Son of God. Luke chapter 4 verse 13 records, When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Diablos could not get to Jesus through his birth or through direct confrontation. Next, he would try a more subtle approach through his disciples, first Peter and then Judas. All he had to do was wait. Without Jesus, none of us would have a chance if we went toe-to-toe with Diablos. He is simply too powerful. But Jesus stood in our place, not just on the cross, but throughout his life, living the life his Father ordained for him so he could identify with us and prevail through suffering and temptation. We stand because he stood, and we fall when we take the devil at his word and build our kingdoms on earth. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom From Fear.